0: Hello and welcome to episode 36 of the Aligned Women podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Danielle Eaton. In today's episode, we are going to hear from three moms. Our guest interview today is with Dr. Danielle Trigo Fenden and she's going to be talking about how she has flipped a practice, which is somewhat unique, and she sold that practice to a friend and actually was able to maintain the friendship during that experience. And Dr. Danielle has also written a book to help people like you and I protect our bodies while we are taking care of our patients as well. We'll also hear from a couple of moms who are going to share their working mom hacks and practice growth tips with you. And then before we head into today's episode, I just want to remind you that we are continually hosting free challenges, trainings, and masterclasses for women in chiropractic just like you. If you wanna be the first to know about them, then be sure to be an Aligned Women Insider. Head over to alignedwomen.com, into your name, your email address, and subscribe today. All right, so now let's head into this week's episode. You're listening to the Aligned Women Podcast, the show for moms who are chiropractors. This show will bring you guests to share their stories, their struggles, their experiences and me, your host, Dr. Danielle Eaton, so that you can create a practice that's right for you and your family. Hey, everyone. I'm here today with Dr. Danielle Trego Fendon. She's a mama chiropractor who's been in practice for nine years, and she has been voted top chiropractor in Minnesota for the last four years in a row, essentially ever since they started giving this distinction in her area. She authored the book, A Guide to Alternative Chiropractic Technique, How to Keep Your Healing Practice from Hurting You, Born Out of Her Desire to Enjoy a Long Career in Chiropractic Without Having Injury Take Her Out of the Game. Dr. Danielle, hi. Hi. Thanks for having me. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day. For some reason, it continues to make me giggle that we have the same first name. I just don't get to talk to other Daniels that often. (laughs) (laughs) I say your name, and I'm always like, ah, so tickled to say it. Okay, (laughs) I would love for you to share with us more about you, your family, and your practice. Yeah, well,
1: like I said, I'm a mama chiropractor, and so I've got two little boys. They are one and a half and four and a half. And so that keeps me very busy at home. I've got a wonderful supportive husband and um, I've been in practice for nine years. I started out as an associate that was very short lived. I did a lot of practice relief while I was starting to build my own practice and I built it basically from nothing. Uh, I didn't take out any business loans to start my practice. I built a big, beautiful office with cash uh, which was awesome. I never dreamed that that was a possibility, particularly when I was a student in school. So it can be done. And yes. yeah, definitely. And since then, I was given the opportunity by someone that I had formerly done practice really for that wound up actually injured to the point where she could no longer practice. And I bought that practice and essentially flipped it. Like we flip houses, I flipped this practice. It was really out of date and the ICD-10 change was coming up and uh, this particular office was not at all prepared for that. So I bought the practice, sort of flipped it, sold it. And uh, that enabled my husband to quit a job that he hated and stay home for a little bit while he was able to figure out what he really wanted to do and left me as the sole breadwinner in our family, which I still am. So that's a little frightening, but also very empowering. So that's kind of where I'm at in my journey right now.
0: I've already learned a couple of new things about you that I didn't know before. <sighs> yeah. Having flipped a practice to me means that you have a very entrepreneurial spirit. Do you consider yourself to be an entrepreneur? Heck no. <laughs> I would have never thought
1: when I decided to go to chiropractic school, I thought that I would just work for the my childhood chiropractor and be an associate there for my whole life and I thought it would be fantastic and while I was in school I realized that that isn't really what I wanted to do. I wanted to branch out and so I did some internships at different places and found a new place that I thought would be really great to do an internship and then move on as an associate and the associate contract just turned out to not work out well for both of us in the long run and so we both decided to move on and I thought, well, I could work really hard to build up somebody else's practice, or I could work really hard for myself. And I thought that that sounded like
0: a fun adventure. And here we are. I think it is a fun adventure. I'm curious to hear more from you if there were some lessons that you learned in the experience of flipping a practice as well. Oh, boy. Well,
1: yeah, I I feel like I did it with a partner in practice. So a classmate of mine, actually, who had been an associate and really was interested in purchasing the practice that she was at, but it just that just wasn't ever really going to come to fruition. And so I approached her with this opportunity and said, hey, let's do this together. So she's the one that I actually sold it to. And that was intentional from before the first sale even happened. So when I was approached to say, will you buy this practice? And I agreed to it, I contacted my former classmate and said, let's do this together. And she knew nothing about running a practice. And I said, we'll just implement all of the systems that I have at my office because then I will have no learning curve. Uh, That sounds like a better experience for both of us if only one of us has a learning curve instead of both of us running around like chickens with our heads cut off. So we decided to just implement all of the systems that I had in my existing office, plug those into the office that we purchased together Before we signed all the paperwork to close the initial sale, we came up with a formula to figure out what the sale price was going to be after the flip occurred. We had a timeline. Um, It was supposed to be 12 months, but I promptly became pregnant and um, we shortened it to 11 months so that I actually sold the practice to her. I think it was just a week or two before my second child was born. So we had a formula put in place When we purchased the practice together, to say, we're gonna flip it, which means it's going to grow exponentially, meaning that it's gonna be worth a lot more in a year than it is right now. And so we figured out a formula that worked for both of us that was fair so that we could work together, build a practice. I could sell it to her for a price that both of us agreed on from the beginning because it was based on a formula and not a number. And then we could remain friends in the end, which was super important to us.
0: Yes. I've seen a lot of business deals within chiropractic go badly where friends started off as friends and then later became not friends. If there was one thing that you think was imperative to your friendship being maintained through the experience of flipping this practice and selling it essentially to your friend, what is that one thing? I think it was the
1: fact that we created the formula at the time Mm -hmm. of Purchase saying we knew that we were buying it together, but we would flip the practice and then it would be worth a lot more. And so we created a formula ahead of time. And I think that was essential because we both knew what to expect. So I realize that's a very unique circumstance that not everyone is going to buy a practice together, flip it, and then already know that they're going to sell it to someone. So I would say if you're buying a practice with someone, thinking that this will be a long term investment for the two of you together, and you want to maintain that relationship together, you need to lay out very clear expectations from the very beginning and have it in writing so that everyone's clear. And then open communication is super important. We were constantly calling each other, text messaging each other, um, emailing each other, leaving notes for each other at the office because we were both working at other offices, being mamas at home and trying to run this other practice together. So. It was a lot of leaving notes back and forth and we weren't very often working in the practice, practice together. So open communication was key for us and I think is key in any practice relationship where you have a partner that you're
0: practicing with. Absolutely. I think that's where most relationships start to turn sour is when the communication isn't open and honest and there's a lack of transparency about what might be going on. Yeah. Kudos to you. Amazing. So let's talk more about your current practice. What are your, who are your ideal patients in your practice now?
1: Ah, well, our ideal patients, we actually focus on a couple of different populations that a lot of people at first thought might think don't necessarily overlap, but they definitely do in our practice. And when I'm, when my practice was first created, um, I called it active health chiropractic and I really wanted to focus on athletes and keeping those athletes active in the sports that they were participating in. And as the years moved through and I became a mama myself, I really had a passion for treating women during their pregnancies and in the postpartum period. And so active health sort of morphed into a second meaning where it meant you need to take an active role in your own health. And so we really empower people to do that. And so our first focus started out as athletes. Our second focus sort of morphed into pregnant mamas. And then, of course, treating their infants once they were born seemed like a natural step. So I definitely understand the ideal of finding one group of patients that really is your niche. And I feel like our absolute ideal niche is athletic women who choose to become mamas. I can relate
0: to that yes yeah
1: (laughs) and we actually uh partner with a local uh prenatal yoga studio that does not just yoga but they do bar classes and other fitness classes and so we work pretty closely with them um, passing referrals back and forth and we actually just started last week um, using their office across town as sort of a satellite location for us they have a couple
0: locations and now we do too Awesome. What's working really well for you in your practice these days to help attract more of the women that you want to work with? I feel like
1: for me at this point in my practice, because I've been in practice for nine years, it's already an established practice. And so just word of mouth is huge. When I first started out, I remember always thinking, you know, I would rather be authentic and congruent with my own beliefs and be living in a tent and dirt poor, but absolutely love the job that I perform than be filthy, stinking rich and hate what I'm doing every day because it's incongruent with how I feel. And so I just always had the sense of you need to be an active member in your community. So for me, that meant Joining the local gym and becoming a member there, creating friendships there, establishing relationships there that are long term. Um, same thing with just being well known in the neighborhood. So I patronize a lot of the businesses around here. So that means I frequent the local restaurants and the local, you know, little shops and little boutique stores and I'm just a genuine person and make myself accessible within the community and so that helps a lot when I was first starting out that's a slow way to grow so a great thing to do is as soon as you have somebody that comes into your practice and you've helped them and they put a big smile on their face and they say wow thank you so much I feel so great or this has really changed my life for the better you say that's fantastic I'm so happy that I can be part of that journey for you And if you know anybody else that needs chiropractic in their life, keep me in mind because the biggest compliment that you can really give to me is the referral of your loved ones and the people that, you know, um, for some people, you know, asking for direct referrals is really difficult and I know that it always has been for me. And one way that I like to do it is just to say to people, I love helping people. I would love to help more people just like yourself you are one of our absolute favorites that we get to see here on a regular basis in our practice. And we know that as soon as someone that is one of our favorite patients refers someone to us, that that person will very quickly become one of our favorites too. (laughs) And then you're kind of paying them a compliment at the same time and they go, oh wow, You know, I'm one one of her favorites. She really likes me, but we honestly feel that way about all of our patients here. My staff always is talking about, wow, the people that come in here are just so great. We just really love working here because they feel like they're part of the mission as well. And then they get to be little warriors for me out in the community as well, being part of raising the awareness about chiropractic and our practice in particular.
0: Dr. Danielle, I don't know if you know this. We share the same first name. We might also share the same brain. <laughs> ah! <laughs> I mean, we are cosmically
1: you know, connected.
0: Everything that you're sharing here is what I hope to inspire in other moms in chiropractic as well. Right? That being a leader in your community, being congru- living a life that's congruent with your own personal values, and also asking for referrals from the patients that you love who are already in your practice oh my gosh, that makes our practice fun. And if we look at it from that perspective of like, how can we make this fun? Then people will be attracted to it, right? So it naturally helps us grow our practices in an easy way. I believe that asking for referrals is the most important way to grow your practice, especially when you're a mom and a chiropractor, because it doesn't take more time away from your family to do
1: it. Absolutely. And just being authentic authentic to who you are as a person really helps so that you love what you do every day. And if you're going to be taking time away from your family to go to work, gosh, I hope that you really love what you do. And I feel very fortunate that I found a profession that I love so much that when I go to work, it doesn't really feel like work. And my kids know that and they get that sense from me as well. And so it's I never say to my children, oh, gosh, honey, mommy has to go to work. I wish I could stay home and play with you. I mean, do I, does every mom want to stay home and play with their kids all day instead of go to work? Sure, but I get a great balance where I love going to work too. And so my kids don't have the impression that I don't like going to work, which I think instills a great work ethic in them for when they get to be the age where they start to think about what their career will be, whether it's chiropractic or not, but just so that they have a positive attitude about going to work.
0: Yes. Our children are definitely learning from watching us every day. Okay. Heather. You mentioned that you have written a book and one of the things I love to talk to other moms in chiropractic about is other ways that you're helping to serve your ideal patients, helping to serve more people outside of your four walls and also earning an income by making positive changes in other people's lives. So tell us more about the book that you have written.
1: So the book that I wrote was really born out of my time spent doing practice relief while I was first building my private practice. When I started, I did a lot of practice relief across the area local to me. And a lot of the practice relief jobs that I was getting were because the chiropractors that needed the practice relief were injured. They got injured on the job. They were having surgery. They needed time off because they hurt themselves and they needed somebody to come in quickly so that they had time to recoup and recover. It was really incredible and amazing to me that I saw so many people injured in practice. And it scared me, honestly, because here I found a profession that I absolutely love. I love going to work. I want to financially be able to retire at a young age if I choose, but I don't look forward to my retirement because I look forward to going to work every day. I don't plan to retire until I'm well into my 70s. I want to be able to do this job for a long time. I love what I do. I want to keep doing it for as long as possible. I certainly don't want to have an injury stop me from that plan and abruptly take me out of a job that I love and leave me scrambling to provide for my family. Yes, so I immediately started looking for ways to think of, okay, what are these people doing that's different than what I'm doing? What do I need to change so that I can be different than what these people are doing so that I don't injure myself in practice? And I know that when I was in chiropractic school, most of the instructors were large or at very best average-sized men and I'm a pretty petite female. So learning how to adjust from somebody who's six feet tall and 280 pounds just didn't make sense for someone who's 5'3 and 115 pounds. They're saying things like, okay, climb up and then drop down. Okay, well, I don't have anywhere to drop down. I'm, I'm already a foot <laughs> closer to the floor than you are. Yes. And just lean your weight over. And, you know, I don't. I don't have as much body weight as you. So how do I, how do I do these things effectively without compromising my body? I had the privilege of also being a, a, what they call a community based internship supervisor here in my area where I supervise interns from the chiropractic school. So I saw a lot of interns coming into my office that were injured. Just they weren't even in practice yet, just from what they were doing in school from working on each other, or from having their classmates work on them in a way that maybe was not supervised properly and actually injured them. So I had a lot of interns coming to me with injuries as well. And my heart just went out to these folks saying, gosh, you're about to start practice and you can only treat five people a day before your wrist puts you out of commission. How are you going to get a job? How are you going to start your own practice? And so I really started honing and developing my skills and focusing more on that and started just writing it all down. (laughs) It was kind of a crazy ride. I had uh, my first child was, I think, under a year old when I started the writing process. And I just kind of gave myself a deadline and got it all down. And Got some support from my husband who did all the laundry and all the dishes and um, was very supportive, which was really great. So, yeah, I wrote the book to try to help other people in practice so that they don't suffer injuries like all these other folks that I was doing practice relief for. I love being a chiropractor and I want everybody else to be able to love being a chiropractor for as long as they want to as well.
0: Well, the world really needs us right they, the world actually needs more chiropractors to share their message and to help more people despite the messages that we might get that tell us that there are too many chiropractors already but obviously when we look around people are hurting everywhere and they're unhealthy everywhere you look everywhere i go every day there's unhealthy people so if we can find ways that we can practice longer and healthier for ourselves and for our family then the world is better off as well Kudos to you for having the foresight to create a book to help other people with this part of practice. Hmm. How long did it take you to write the book?
1: Um, I think about seven months. It took about seven months to complete the writing. And then I hired a photographer to come and take pictures of me doing the adjustments to accompany all of the text. And when I hired a photographer, kind of an interesting little side note about the book, the whole process, you know, any of the technique manuals that I had come across through schooling and after, first of all, were all written by men, so not helpful to my petite frame, but also the photography just seemed so sterile. Here's, you know, a male doctor towering over a patient in a white coat and it just in like a a room that was empty with dark walls—it just seemed very sterile to me. And I thought, that's not what practice is. That's not what that looks. That's not what it looks like here. So right. I wanted the book to actually re- reflect a little bit of me. So my cheesy sense of humor sort of is sprinkled throughout the text. And then in the images, I actually hired a fashion photographer to take the pictures. And I am certainly not the most fashionable person you've ever met. I. Uh, no, my kids pick out my clothes most days when I practice, (laughs) let's be honest. I'm certainly not fashionable. It wasn't about that. It was about creating images that looked like everyday practice. And so I, from the time I hired the photographer, came in, took the pictures, plugged those into the text and sent it off to the publisher. I think it was published within, within 10 months of me conceptualizing the idea. That's actually a pretty great time frame when Yeah, you look at the overall picture. of The exact amount of time it takes to gestate a human. It takes <laughs> to gestate
0: a book, it turns out. Yes, uh, that's a great perspective. I hadn't, I hadn't looked at it that way before. <laughs> there are lots of moms in our community who have ideas about writing a book or doing something similar. Maybe it's not necessarily a book, but maybe it's a blog that she wants to start. A lot of the moms I talked to about this, though, are afraid. They're afraid to get started. They are afraid that no one will read it or that no one will care or that people will think that what they've shared isn't okay. It's not good enough. What would you say to a mom who's feeling that way about an idea that she has that she's afraid to get started?
1: Hmm. Just your words saying that someone might be afraid or feel like they're not good enough. I just have to say you are good enough and do not be afraid. There is someone out there that needs to know the message that you want to bring. They may not be even in your direct community. They may not be in your state. They may not even be in this country, but there's someone somewhere that needs to know
0: the knowledge that you have. Absolutely. I think if you look at it from the perspective of, if there's only one person who is helped by what you share, would you be willing to help that one person? I'd write a book if it took me 10 months and I knew that it was going to change one person's life. Right. And that's where we start.
1: And I know a lot of people think about, gosh, 10 months sounds like a long time, you know, but it wasn't 10 months of 40 hours a week. It was 10 months of, were there days or weeks where I didn't work on it? Sure. Mm-hmm. Were there weeks where every night after I put my son to bed, I sat down on the couch and worked for three and a half hours while my husband sat next to me watching television. Yeah. Um, and I felt like you know, during that time, maybe I wasn't getting to connect with my husband as much. So then I had to be more intentional about focusing on scheduling a date night So it's all about balance. And if you are looking to add something to your plate and you are worried that adding something to your plate is going to make all of your plates fall, Mm -hmm. I would say it's all about time management and scheduling, which we can all choose to try to get a little better at. And I'm certainly not the queen of time management, but it's all about balance. So for me, I chose to do it at a time when I didn't feel quite as needed in practice or by my son, and I made sure that the time that I usually use to connect with my husband when I was writing the book, I made sure that I scheduled other time to connect with my husband during that process.
0: Mm, Yes, great tips, great advice. Thank you so much for sharing that. If there's a mom that's listening to the show today who's interested in reading your book, where can she find it at? Um, It is
1: available on Amazon. There is a website for the book and you can purchase the book directly through the website. Uh, The web address is www.howtoadjust.com. And there are little videos on the website as well. And so the videos are me actually verbalizing the techniques and walking through them. And a lot of it is mostly adaptations from what you might already be doing in practice. Just small little tips to say, Instead of putting your elbow here, put it here to drive more power and to protect your shoulder. Tips like that. Um, There are also maybe some techniques that are brand new to you. I know that there's one in particular that I use every single day in practice that whenever I have a new intern or a new student come in to observe um, or a new doctor read the book, they immediately say, I've never seen that before. And I use it every day. So uh, there are some brand new things in the book that might sort of blow your mind. And I would say be open to trying something new if you know that it's going to protect your body from injury. And make sure that you are still delivering high-quality, effective adjustments for your patients.
0: I think that the book is really fun. And it does reflect your personality. It's not the typical... Stale or kind of boring, or even somewhat feeling like outdated, book that we would see in chiropractic school and learn from. So, for people listening who want to get more info about your book and also your videos, I will put the links to those in the show notes. And if you're listening on iTunes, perhaps on your iPhone, when you have the picture of the podcast, if you just touch the picture of the podcast, The screen kind of flips and the clickable links for the show notes appear right there on your iPhone. So it's super easy to go find Dr. Danielle's book and the links for her info. Dr. Danielle, my last question for you today is one that I ask every mom. And it's, if there's a mom that's listening to the show today, and trust me, there's always at least one mom out there listening to the show who feels this way. She's feeling very overwhelmed. She's feeling stressed, and maybe even unhappy in practice, um, trying to figure out the balance of being a mom and a chiropractor, what advice would you want to offer her today? I would say
1: two things. First, you are good enough. And know that whatever situation you may be facing that you feel might be unmanageable, there is a way to overcome it and it can get better. Uh, And two, the second piece to that is a lot of us as chiropractors who are running our own businesses and have a family at home feel like we're always juggling. There's always a couple of different balls in the air somewhere. And it's keeping track of where those balls always are. And (laughs) are you going to be able to catch that ball when it comes down? sometimes the ball is going to fall sometimes when you juggle a ball hits the ground and that's okay pick it up and start again and so if you feel like you're juggling sometimes you have to hold on tight to all of them in your hands and take a deep breath before you toss one up in the air and remember if you drop one it's okay you can just pick it back up and that yeah. goes for, you know that translates to everything that you do in your life. Each ball represents a different facet of
0: your life. Thank you so much for everything that you've shared today and for all the great work that you're doing to help other chiropractors. I appreciate you and your time so much.
1: We appreciate you and what you're doing to spread the word and share so much knowledge with other mama chiropractors. Thank you so much, Danielle. Mm
2: -hmm. My name is Dr. Mila Quinte and my practice is Bridge Family Chiropractic. I am in Mansfield, Texas, and my working mom hack. um, I don't know that I have a specific one, but I definitely um, do things a little bit different as far as with my practice because I am a working mom. Um, I have schedule blocked from the beginning and it's just because being a working mom, that's the only way that I can envision being able to have my practice and my family and have both of them thrive. Uh Me imagining sitting there from seven to seven sounded miserable. And I remember being told by the chiropractor I worked for previously, and she said that was the only way that it could be done. And I never believed that. And I knew that there had to be a better way, and I think for me I found a way that was better for myself and my family. Um, so schedule blocking has been huge for me. Whenever people call and they say, hey, what times do you have? I usually offer you know, two different choices or offer uh, different times on multiple days. I only work half of a day, typically, uh, unless I'm gonna do three full days a week, where I have you know four hours in the morning, four hours in the afternoon, and then I'll have two days off, and that's for me to be able to have family time to go and spend that with uh my kids either by ourselves or if my husband's off work, then obviously we'll go as a family to spend time together. It also allows for me to catch up on housework and just essentially keep things functioning because it's really hard to do with kids, as you know, those of you who have children. They are little tornadoes, and it's very hard to keep up with (laughs) keeping things picked up and clean when you have little ones running immediately behind you, trying to undo your progress. Um, I also take them up to the office sometimes, and I'll have them up there. That's my plan to do with the baby. That is due the end of September early October, Um, and essentially just have that be a part of my practice. And... You know, if patients aren't okay with that, then I'm not meant to have those patients. And I think that it took a long time to realize that that's how life was going to be, but I guess those would be my working mom hacks, other than when my kids are up at the office, I always make sure that I bring something for them to do so that they're entertained, so that they aren't coming unglued in the office if I have a you know new patient appointment or something like that. But I think that's
0: it. Hi, my name's Jenny Massa. I'm with Roseville Chiropractic Center in Roseville, Minnesota. And my practice growth hack um, for creating momentum in my practice the past one to two months has been getting a coach to help me stay accountable, celebrating wins with me, helping me reach my goals, helping me create goals, helping me narrow down my marketing to my ideal patients, um, giving me marketing ideas, and uh, confirming my thoughts already. So I'm not sitting here thinking and wondering if that is something I want to do or not, um, but helping me get that confirmation and almost approval. Before we wrap up this week's episode, I wanted to give another huge shout out and a big, big thank you to our guest interview today, Dr. Danielle Trigo Fenden, and to our featured moms, Dr. Emily Puente for her working mom hack and Dr. Jenny Mesa for her practice growth tip. And as I'm sure you heard, Dr. Jenny Mesa mentioned, getting a coach has been instrumental in helping her to create momentum in your practice. If you are a mom, who is wanting to avoid the summer slowdown in your practice and really get focused on how you can continue to grow your practice this summer while your kids are out of school even and create some balance between your work and your time with your family. And let's not forget, time spent on your own health as well. Then contact me today. Head over to Aligned Women or just simply email me at Dr. E-A-T-O-N at danielleeaton.com. And I'm happy to share more information with you about how we could begin working together on growing your practice today. All right, that's all for now. I will see you next week. Hey mama, I want to thank you for listening to the show today and invite you to become an Aligned Women Insider. When you subscribe, you'll get access to our upcoming free ideal patient challenge and bi-monthly masterclasses. Plus insights from me on growing a practice that's right for you and your family that I only share with insiders. So head over to alignwomen.com and subscribe today.